Welcome. We're going to get started today with worship. If you would, uh, would you please stand with us if you're able? And we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit into this place, and then we're going to worship together. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for today. And we just pray that your Holy Spirit would be present and moving this morning. Would you begin to shape and mold us in to be more like you this morning? God, would you just come and fill this place and fill our hearts? Would you set aside our distractions, Lord? Would we be able to lay those down at your feet as we worship you this morning? Amen. We're going to start with a new song this morning, so join in whenever you feel comfortable.
Your mercy triumphs over judgment. 
he triumphs over judgment. Your mercy triumphs over judgment. So we say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes. 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 We
reflecting on the fact that the Lord is here among us. You know, the Holy Spirit is given to make Jesus real. That's why he's come. The Holy Spirit is present to assist us to see Jesus and to come to Jesus. It's all about Jesus Christ. And we have this wonderful opportunity, as he instructed us, to take bread and juice in his name as a sign of his presence, but also pointing back to his manner of death. And taking communion is a wonderful time to come to the Lord and confess any sins we have and receive his forgiveness. It's a wonderful opportunity to ask him for healing. It's a wonderful opportunity to commit ourselves to to be used of him, to bring healing in broken relationships. Uh, it's, a, it's a time of unity and gathering around Jesus Christ. And he's here right in the midst of it, right with us. And so uh, we remember that, as the Apostle Paul says, on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. All of you take and eat it. So let's eat together. And in the same manner, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And we believe and we know that his blood was shed for us. And he said, all of you take and drink it. So let us drink together. And so, Lord, we feel renewed in you as we've gathered around your table as your people. And we thank you for being here in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Herschel. Um, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and I'd like us to uh, pray that with all of us today. Uh, It should be up on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'd like to welcome up Bruce. He's going to give us some announcements today. Our senior pastor is actually out with his family, uh, taking some time off. Um, So, Bruce. Thanks, Carol. Um, So, good morning, everyone. Uh, Welcome. Good morning. Uh, Welcome to Mission Vineyard. Um, It's beautiful worship this morning. Um, um, And uh, so, Welcome for everybody that's the first time visiting us. So just really thankful for everybody come over and worship us. We're honored to have you. Um, so if you're a first time come, uh, we have some uh, welcome uh, uh, sheets that you can sign up as com- comfortable as you want to sign up some informations. And uh, we do have newspaper, uh, n- newsletters um, um, each week. So if you give us the email address, we can send you some updates um, every week what's happening. Um, 
For our church, we have a small group. Uh, you can access that information at uh, smallgroups.missionvernier.org. Um, so there's a lots of different variety of um, um, small groups. There's like online, there's like meeting person, there's like young adults, and then there's a youth group. So all the information you can find that through that link. Um, and um, yeah, it's a it's a very cool experience. So encourage everybody to find a small group and get connected. <laughs> um, so if you are six to twelve grades um, youth, uh, we're uh, welcome you to join our in your. You're welcome to join our uh, youth group. Um, uh, there's uh, uh, we for for the summertime we're not uh, doing any meeting yet. Uh, we're taking breaks and then we had lots of fun events like. This afternoon we're going to Six Flags, and yeah, and there's like other things, and there's a, um, a school start. We'll have some cool events. So I welcome everybody. So um, if you want to find more information, also you can find that information at smallgroupsmissionary.org, uh, where you can talk to uh, Katie Nelson there. Um, Katie, wanna? There you go. Yeah, that's that's her. Uh, so you can find more information. Uh, talk to her. Um, and last thing is about giving. So, you know, it's like behave as like, uh, if you um, just uh, support us of what we're doing and uh, to want to contribute to us, um, you can give through uh, given.missionvineyard.org. Um, give that, oh, yeah, that's a link there. Um, so, you know, just given as like, you know, us just being obedient with God and um, for just support what we're doing. So, we really appreciate that. Um, so, that's everything. Uh, so I'll just, uh, uh, right, yeah. Okay, so I'll just close up prayer. And yeah, so uh, God, just thanks for all the people that's supporting us and then for the, um, um, all the resources that we have. Lord, just really been blessed with that. And God, just pray you just um, um, give us um, the things we need and provide us and help us to um, just growing inside of us and then overflow your love uh, from us and through us to the community around us. And um, we love you, Jesus. Um, amen. Thank you, Bruce. So some of you might know our children's pastor, Kate Boucher. She had her baby this week, and there should be a picture up so you can see him. Um, his name is Lucas. Uh, he was born on the 12th. Um, yeah. So we have a new little member of our church. Um, so we just want to say congratulations to the Boucher family. Um, they're doing well. Uh, Kate said that they're not sleeping too much yet, but <laughs> she should be getting some sleep hopefully soon. Um, I'd like to uh, have Randall come on up. He's going to continue our series in Exodus. Thanks, Randall. Thank you, Carol. That uh, was a nice introduction, probably too nice. Thank you, Bruce. That was great. And thanks to uh, Ethan and Eva for great worship. I, I, I suggested one song to them. They haven't sung that yet. Uh, but they hit all the other songs that I was actually just about. There was one that I didn't think about, the new one. Uh, but I thought about a couple of those. So uh, I'm... Uh, Excited. Maybe we're on the right path today. Uh, but it's a pleasure to have you here. I am Randall Pinnell. I'm, I'm one of the, I guess we call them partners, not a member. I'm not a member. I'm a partner. Uh, I guess that means if we get in trouble, then I have to pay my part. 
but yeah, partner's good. Partner's good. Wanted to continue this week uh, with a series that uh, Pastor John started uh, a few weeks ago uh, entitled The Wilderness, primarily focused on the book of Exodus. Uh, in the Old Testament, really, the, the Exodus goes from the book of Exodus all the way into the book of Deuteronomy. So it's quite a lengthy thing. Uh, just re- relax. We're not going to preach out of all four books uh, until we get there. Uh, it might take 40 years to get there. Uh, but anyway, this is a very, very important part of not only the Old Testament, but of the entire Bible. This entire movement that occurs when finally Israel is delivered from their bondage in is- Egypt and they're brought toward the land of promise. Now, in between, and we're going to uh, go back to a passage that Gabe uh, shared with us last week, because there's a pivotal moment in this journey from Egypt to the promised land. And uh, even a midpoint in there is a journey from Egypt, the bondage there, to the presence of God, and they enter into a covenant with Him on Mount Sinai, sort of a midpoint, if you will, there. And we'll talk about some of that later. But there is in this movement, it's very important to realize it's not just the getting out of Egypt. It's a journey to a land of promise. And there are a lot of uh, things along the way that are very important for the people of God to not only experience, but for the people of God to become. They're in name only, in many ways, the people of God. They've been in Egypt, and Egyptian will not bondage the entire 430 years they were there, but the vast majority of those 400 years, four centuries in Egypt, they're under bondage. And so to say they're the same as Abraham was, or even Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, is probably a far cry from that. So these people are in need of transformation, not just get out of Egypt, because you can get out of Egypt and still have all that bondage all over you. And so it is a matter of getting out. There is redemption in that sense, escape from Egypt, but there is a journey before them. And the journey takes longer. And I think we look at a passage today, and maybe we can understand why God made the journey last longer. Because for some of us, it takes longer to become the people that God wants us to be. So it's not a punishment. It's an opportunity for us to be what God wants us to be, what the Holy Spirit would make of us, and make us understand not only God himself, but to some degree ourselves, some of the stumbling blocks in our lives. So I want to go back to the same passage that we looked at last week. It's a real famous passage, so I didn't really want to introduce something new. Uh, until we exhausted this a little bit more. This is found in Exodus chapter 14, and I'm going to reduce it down a little bit, uh, verses 10 through 15 and verses 21 and 22. I'm going to use, I usually use, and most of us do, a different translation of this, but I really like the New American Standard translation of this, so uh, bear with me if this sounds a little old-fashioned to you. And as Pharaoh drew near, and this is when the Israelites are there before the Red Sea, as Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, at, looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they, the Israelites, became very frightened. 
So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? In this, or is this, not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord. Gabe preached on that section last week, very, very importantly for us. Uh, See the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, and here's where I want to focus today, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Get up off your blessed assurance and let's move on. Something like that. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept back the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided, and the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So they did go forward finally, based on this command, go forward. So they did go forward, but uh, they really couldn't go backwards because the Egyptian army was there and were threatening to kill them. So they did, they did actually go forward, but they went forward till the next time. Because in chapter 16 of Exodus and chapter 17, you can look those up, they did the same thing again. What do you bring us in the wilderness for? We liked it in Egypt. Well, the whole book of Egypt, or Exodus, if we went back there, they're crying so loudly that God hears them that they're crying in this bondage. So they have completely forgotten where they were. Now, the sermon today that John gave me, the topic is disillusionment. And this is a great example of not only the fact of disillusionment even in God's people, but the ramifications for disillusionment as it relates to our journey that God has called each one of us to. That's where I want to focus with us today, just a few minutes. There are a couple of things that I really want to talk about. I would call them the challenges of disillusionment. Now, I don't know if they are a result of disillusionment, or these things cause disillusionment? I think it's probably both. Because disillusionment tends to feed on itself. It tends to want something in such a way that it keeps us from wanting to go forward. Keeps us from wanting to take the journey that God is giving us, is offering us, has saved us for. So it's kind of an insanity, if you will, to be gotten out of Egypt and then not want to go anywhere but back. Uh, Is that crazy or what? Am I the only one that that sounds crazy? Well, if I said yes to that, then I'm a hypocrite because I deal with disillusionment too, and I bet you do too. Disillusionment, as we understand it, 
I can give you a, a, a dictionary. I I'm, I'm used to be a teacher, so you have to have somebody to cite. Uh, disillusionment from the dictionary is a feeling of disappointment resulting from the discovery that something is not as good as one believed it to be or that something is significantly different than my expectations. When we face those things, it's one thing to get out of Egypt. All right, now we're out of Egypt. No more Egyptians to bother us. Uh, we got to cross through a sea. Uh, we got to go through a desert. Uh, who, who's going to feed us? You know, where's the water? All of this stuff, and they crumble in the midst of this. There are two facets that I really want us to focus on. First of all is disillusionment makes us look back in an insane way. If I can use that, I'm sorry if I'm offending by insanity there. But I, I'm, I have, it's interesting that when God gives you some topic to preach on, then he wants you to go through that so that you can preach on it. So this is a testimony today, okay? So if it doesn't work for you, okay, at least I'm getting it off my chest. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. Uh, seriously, the, the sense of disillusionment, think about here. They, instead of going forward, they start thinking what's behind them. And not only do they think about what's behind them, they're miss remembering. Their remembrance is all wrong. It's self-serving because we don't want to go where God wants us to go. We just want it out of Egypt. That's all. Nobody told us that we had to go through all of this stuff. And so that is disillusionment. But what disillusionment either causes or is a result of is that kind of uh, recovery people call this stinking thinking that we remember something that justifies our desire not to go forward, to not follow through with the journey that God wants. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but as I read about the Israelites and how they ask and act, and it's easy to do all this distance, nobody from that group is here to defend themselves. But it is true that it's a lot different than to just be free and get delivered than it is to take a journey that's not only going to be hard, it's going to transform them. Transformation is not easy because we go kicking and screaming all the way through that process. No matter how wonderful the Holy Spirit is in affecting this, many of us become Christians because we don't want to go to hell. Forgive my sins, works for me. Spiritual formation, woo, woo. Change me. So here, this sense of historical insanity, they remember in a way that keeps them from wanting to go forward. I told you, I, I found myself this week, maybe it's because I was praying, thinking about how I would best relay this to all of you today, but I found myself this week, for some reason, thinking back on memory lane. I'm in the process of trying to get uh, a retirement going. Uh, I'm stuck in work, and I don't know how to get out, 
And so I've been whining to God. I've been doing all of this, uh, which is pretty, you know, good. And, and now I'm disillusioned because when I took the job, I didn't know I would be where I am now. And so I've been whining to God all week. And in my whining, I've followed the uh, Israelites here. I've been trying to remember some things in my life. Uh, I think some of you have heard me preach before. I'm not very secretive about the fact that Kay and I, we're in a second marriage for us. Uh, my marriage failed, and I've been thinking about all the stupid things I've said, I, all the things I could have done that I didn't do, and over and over, even some of the things I've probably said to Kay or failed to do in her life, and I got pretty disillusioned with my life all of a sudden, and I'm supposed to preach this week. So, you know, I guess I could get up here and just confess all of that. But the, the issue there is there was something very compelling in taking this uh, little trek down memory lane that became sort of addictive, if I can use that word. The more I thought that stinking thinking stuff, the more I got into it. And it, it was very interesting for me because here I'm trying to find my path in these passages to express what I really think God wants to say. And in the midst of that, behold, I'm looking in the mirror and seeing exactly what God wants to say. You're going backwards because you don't want to go forward. You don't want to get out of that job and do it because there's something about it you like, something that feeds your esteem, or maybe I'm just afraid of retiring. I don't know. I'm sure God will tell me shortly. But the point is that this is a part of the journey I'm on. Each of you have your own journey. But along the way, there is this challenge, or challenges probably, of disillusionment. And either the disillusionment causes us to take that walk down memory lane that causes us to remember the wrong things. Do you know that the Bible never once tells you to remember anything but what God has done? Not what you did, not what got you in that mess. Now, yeah, remember that God delivered you out of Egypt. Yeah, but that's what God's doing, not what you did. And so this sense of remembrance is more about my ego. It's more about my self-centeredness. It's about anything but my transformation because I'd rather whine and cry in my beer. No, we're not. Let me, this is vineyard. Cry in my wine uh, than go forward. And so this issue of going forward is an issue by itself, but also the promise of God's deliverance out of Egypt is the very journey that will transform them and make them ready for this land of promise. you got to be ready. Part of that is meeting God himself and entering not just, thank you for saving me out of Egypt, but we're going to form a covenant. We're going to have a relationship together. And you're going to do a bunch of stuff. Now, that's when Moses is given the law on the Mount Sinai and he brings it back. Now, we tend to think of those laws in a very restrictive sense, the law. 
It's really instruction in what God's going to do in their life to transform them into the people He wants them to be. It's not do this or die. Do what I'm telling you to do, and it's going to make you into a different person. And so even the law itself on Sinai is more about spiritual formation than it is about legalism. In fact, the word Torah, which is usually translated in English as law, is better translated as instruction. It's not just law like we think of it. There are other words in Hebrew about precepts and laws and things such as that. Torah is about instruction. Some of that is law, but some of that, most of that, is becoming the people that God wants us to be. But it's difficult to become that if we keep getting stuck in disillusionment. Remember the definition. It's something that I didn't expect, or it's something that I didn't want. And notice both of those is something I didn't want. The biggest problem with transformation is surrender. And it takes Jesus dying on the cross. It takes His Spirit still working in us. Thanks again, Ethan and Eva, for inviting the Spirit here among us to change our hearts because the only thing that's going to allow us not to just go forward physically, but to go forward spiritually and be transformed by the experiences that God leads us in, that cause us to trust Him, like Gabe preached last week, you've got to live by faith, you've got to trust Him, not yourself. And disillusionment is, I don't like this. And I don't guess God ever says, I don't care, because He does care. But somewhere in there, you and I have to fight the disillusionment. We have to remember what we're supposed to remember, which is what God has and is doing in our lives, and even more, what He wants to do. I don't care how much you know Him, how long you've walked with Him, there is still more in him for you. And Paul says, the eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. You've heard this over and over again. It hasn't occurred to us all that God has prepared for those who love him. So there's always more if we won't settle for less, if we won't go down the disillusionment trail, if we will allow him to have our life and see in every tough time every Red Sea event, every time the Egyptians are at our back door, God's doing something to transform you and me. And that's our testimony. It's not just that God is great. It is, but our testimony is what God has done in my life. That's what the culture around us, that's what every person you meet needs to hear. They need to hear the good news in how God has taken you out of some Egyptian bondage and through hell and high water, He has brought you to a different place and He's still taking you. This is our message. This is our life. This is who we are. But disillusionment finds its way. It's very sultry. I found myself in it this week, so I'd be less of a preacher if I don't tell you that. I'm trying to preach on it, and I'm going through it. 
Maybe it was supposed to be a sermon illustration. I'm not sure, but I have a feeling not so. That's not the way God works. And so our opportunity is before us today. We want to look backwards, perhaps. COVID gave us a lot of chance. Oh, if we could just get back to normal. No, we don't want normal. Normal is, you know, it wasn't so bad in Egypt. In fact, whose idea was it anyway to leave Egypt? Wasn't mine. So we find ourselves in a potential bind in our Christian walk. And we have to encourage each other because I assume all of us at one time or another have experienced something like disillusionment. And some of us maybe right now, some of us maybe recently, or maybe we know someone, we can't see it in ourselves, but we can see it in our partners, our, our, our spouses, our children, our workers next to us, our neighbors. Sometimes, you know, we can see the speck in everybody else's eye, but we can't see the big log in our own. So sometimes we can see it in others, but if you can see it in them, it's an opportunity for us to share our story with them. My belief is today that God needs to restore our, I'm going to use this word, we don't use it a lot in our spiritual walk with Him, but to restore our divine imagination. Can you imagine what God could do in you? And even more, could you imagine what God would do through you by the simple act of sharing what God has done for you? One version or another, it's either a story of mercy. I didn't get what I deserved. You wouldn't believe who I was, but God rescued me out of that Egypt. Or may it, maybe it's grace. You wouldn't believe the, the promise that God has given me. I didn't deserve that, but he gave me that. So our stories are stories of mercy and grace. They're stories of transformation. I was once, but now I. But not yet. I'm still on the way. I'm still going forward. Go forward with me. God loves you enough to take you out of Egypt, yeah. But don't stop there. He's got a journey for you, and I'll, I've got a journey. Maybe we can walk part of the journey together. If you've never read John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, it's a great illustration of staying on the road to get to the celestial city, and everything happens to get him off the road. But he stays there, and he gets there. The guy's name is Christian, by the way. So that's the opportunity for us today. So let me close with this. I really messed up my uh, slides today, didn't I, Carol? I'm, I'm sorry. I got carried away. So if you didn't get them, that's, that's okay. What I'd like to do here, I have, this is the last page of my notes that I finally didn't ever go to. This is my Exodus truth, our readiness. We become and are willing to become entirely ready to have Christ and His Spirit heal us of all our defects of character that hinder our spiritual life, growth, and transformation. Let me share with you some passages here that I would recommend to you just to focus on. 
I think we have four of these, and then I'm going to add one at the end. First of all is James 4.10, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and He will exalt you or lift you up. Isaiah 30.13, therefore this iniquity will be to you like a breach about to fall, a bulge in a high wall whose collapse comes suddenly in an instance. So this is, we've got to deal with that iniquity that is in us. But Romans 12, 1 to 2, you, you know this by heart. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may, pro may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Then I'd like to add one last one, Philippians 3, 12 through 15. Philippians is my book of transformation from my earliest days. So I couldn't leave something out from Philippians. Chapter 3, 12 through 15. Now that I have already, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on a lot like moving forward in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as are perfect have this attitude. So embrace God's change. Be ye transformed. I want to pray, and then we're going to have uh, Ethan and Eva come and sing an old vineyard classic just by way of uh, invitation. Change my heart, O God. Old Eddie Espinosa song. But I want to encourage you to embrace God's change and let Him transform you. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and apply the word to each of us wherever we are. And Lord, might you encourage every single person here uh, that the journey is there for, for our benefit. The journey is about our walk with you. And the journey will change our lives as well as those around us once and forever and more. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to invite you to come as, as uh, Eva and Ethan. Carol. Thank you, Randall. Before the service, we had a team praying for everybody, and there should be some words up on the screen. Um, there we go. Um, for someone who is burdened, I will give you rest. I call you overcomers, just like Joshua and Caleb. To the parents of twins, the Lord says, I know your need. And someone with a pain in their foot or ankle. We have a group of uh, our prayer team on the side over here. If any of those words speak to you, please go get prayer. Uh, and if uh, you need any prayer for anything physical, spiritual, uh, please go see a prayer team member.
out today and go forward. Um, see the path that God has put before you um, and share your transformation stories with others. Be blessed. Thank you. If you have children, go ahead and go upstairs and get them. Uh, but up